0: Hello, I'm Mark Williams, and earlier in 2021, Gethin Ellis and myself started the Fit Podcast. Here at GethinEllis.com and Wide End Limited, we know that whilst physical fitness is essential, our mental health is vital too. And our Fit Podcast is all about putting the human back into technology, aka fit. Building on us all coping during unprecedented times in series one. Available on our website, www.gethenellis.com, and YouTube search for Ellis. we felt in Series 2 it might help us all to hear more thoughts and advice from normal, everyday humans just like you. So we're again speaking with a range of humans in technology, business, consulting and other areas to hear what they've learned and how they intend to apply that experience in dealing with today's challenges and their futures. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part two. Uh, we're still with uh, we're still with Simon Ellis. He's still here with us, thankfully. Simon, hello. Thank you again.
1: Mark. No, no problem at all. I'm enjoying it.
0: Okay, well let's go let's go straight into the into the questions. And to some degree, we we you know we we talked a little bit about um, uh, about people behaviours, and we've talked a little bit about. Um, businesses and and maybe how they should be thinking about their strategies and and finding time for things. And we've talked a bit about digital, particularly, you know, we were talking in, in, I think it was in the last question, actually, or the last but one question about, um, you know, perhaps the industry that that we're involved with uh, and you've been involved with, you know, uh, most, if not all of your life, I think, um, and and maybe learning something from from some other industries. But this question, it's phrased as digital transformation. And and I I must admit, I'm not, um, for me, it's, is it digital i'm not going to get too hung up on whether it's really digital or not frankly but what what do you think um what do you think most organizations need to be doing or or, or should be doing is is it that they need to genuinely transform because because to me and you know many people that means wholesale change and 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 so on um, or, or do you think it's more about, um, you know, moving forwards, about continuous improvement? And I'm not trying to get too hung up on the definitions there, but I'm, I'm sure you'll get, um, you know, where, where, my, where my question is going. What, what do you think is that, that most, most organisations need to, do, to, to be doing and, and more importantly, why?
1: OK, so
0: yeah,
1: I think the term digital transformation is slightly dangerous. because It implies uh, something very sudden. Uh, and and massively transformative you know i've off a cliff or something I, th- I think that organizations when we talk about applying technologies should we put it that way yeah um are tempted to look at improving their internal processes and systems and data management etc um because it's It's more technical, It's it's, in a way it's more obvious, and the payback is cost savings or time savings. So the payback is clearer. Um, There's a finite amount of that you can do before you're disappearing up yourself a bit. And uh, I think that the real challenge is how to uh, reorientate the business to the way in which customers whether they're business customers or end consumers, want to interact with you. Um, And that is much riskier because you don't know what they're going to reward you for. and The reward won't come in cost savings. It may come in growth or sales. The problem is if you don't do it, your customers will go to somebody else and you won't know how or why or when. But you'll know that it's happened because your business will suddenly end up in a very difficult place and it'll be impossible to get out quickly enough. So it's one of those things that no, no CFO or CTO wants to invest somewhat blindly. But I think that's almost what you have to do. That's why I think it has to be incremental, because, again, you can't say, right, we're going to become a digital business and we'll throw everything online and everything, be web-based and cloud-based. Et cetera, because... Um, that's e- you know, the, the chances of you spending lots and lots of money on things that prove to be irrelevant or don't work is too high. Yeah. But I do think organisations should commit themselves to an amount of spend on exploring digital ideas and digital futures and just say that's R&D, you know, put it in a different headspace. It's R&D is going to be entirely dedicated to improving our the interaction between our technologies and customers' technologies, and we'll find out how it works. And if it ends up that we spend lots of money and we don't get much payback, well, that's money still well spent because we had to find out.
0: Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Well, why why did it start – I don't really know where I'm going to go with this question. Why, at the start, you, you, you basically said you've worked for uh, or, and or indeed advising uh, essentially large companies, uh, large financial uh, services type companies for, for most of your, your life. And um, uh, uh, you, you mentioned a few of them. They all have thousands, if, if not many, many thousands of, of employees, particularly, you know, the last largest one that you, that, that you mentioned all over the world. Hundreds of thousands. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Indeed. Um I think at one point they were the biggest company on the planet, from you know from from memory, not not all that long ago. But anyway, um, but then you've also got um, you know the the, the 20, 30, 40, 50 man strong companies, not necessarily financial services now, just you know any any organisation, whatever they they might be in. I, I, my mind was going down the the question of is is, is there, are they try, trying to think about that advice that you've just offered which is essentially look you know we we we've got to have a go at this we've got to you yeah. know um we've got to try um it it always seems to me you know perhaps looking from the outside a little bit that these large organisations um find it really difficult to try because they're so damn large and and everything that they touch is large so there's no concept yeah. of a nice little pilot you can do somewhere for you know for for a little bit to, to try something and then if you look at the smaller organization you might say uh, well actually they're you know they could probably find something a bit smaller to have a look at but if they got the time to look in it, if they got the you know the money to to invest yeah. and the resources to invest in it and I, and i kind of wonder you know what's there are obviously barriers to all sorts of organizations, aren't they, taking these, 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 things forwards. is, is it is it mindset, do you think, at the end of the day, that's stopping people from 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 doing it? Or or do you genuinely think like
1: yeah, so you said it's look at very interesting things there. The large organizations don't have the time, um and, and you can't get the budget. And the small businesses don't have the time and haven't got the money. You don't have the budget. No one has. You've never got time. And you've never got enough money. And you know, I've worked in very large organizations and you've never got enough budget to do things you want to do. Um, those are facts of business. Facts of life, if you like. Um, the answer is senior people have to make time. I've used that expression two or three times already. Yeah. You have to make time because it's, it's your job. If you're the CEO um, or anywhere near the CEO, it is your job to make time to think and find out. Because otherwise you're just administering an organization. You can be driving it to different places, etc. But you're you're stuck in the tram lines trying to make it happen in this context. And that will keep you going for a period of time. But the problem is your the future is not going to be on that narrow horizon. Yeah. Like parallel lines, they converge and then they run out. Your job is partly to think about outside the parallel lines and imagine a different future. Yeah. Classic example is Kodak, where they were in the in the, the film business and printing business. They knew about digital cameras. They had the choice to make digital cameras, but they were so busy making films and making money out of making films and all the stuff related technologies um, and industries that they ran out of road. It was too late. And that is the signal lesson of business for me you have to make time now in this context how do you do that what you do is you spend time with people who are not doing what you're doing so go and talk to people doing things whether it's fintech regtech or whatever form of tech you know there's a little, little non- word before the tech in your sector go and find what they're doing because what these people are doing in my opinion the, the, it's like a biological model is they're nibbling away at the edges they find a little thing that's in your value chain that they can do better than you can. And you want to find out what it is because A, they could end up eating you <laughs> or if multiple ones of them is like piranhas, they all, they're all they all biting off little bits and pieces, you end up being eaten. Um, but secondly, if they find something which isn't done very well or something else isn't done very well, you add them all up and go, well, listen, there's four or five of them doing that and three or four of them doing that. What's the, Okay, what's this telling me? My job is to think. What are they telling me? Why are these people doing these things? So... Um, the answer to the question is: you'll never have enough time, you'll never have enough money, but it's your job, so you must make time. And secondly, talk to people in and around your sector and just try and find out what, what are other people doing, what are people thinking, because you should you should have to, like call it a useful sense of paranoia. Someone else is trying to put you out of business. I like that. <laughs> you should be paranoid. Someone else is trying to put you out of business or compete you into a position where you're a loser. So, what are they thinking and doing that I need to respond to? And if I can work that out in advance, I've got an advantage.
0: Um, question two in, in in this section. Then um, we talk quite a lot, actually, about uh, perhaps some of the easier um, initiative considerations. Uh, you know, you, you, you described it as data initiatives or, or, or some technology change initiatives, and so on and so forth earlier. Um, we've also talked a lot about that very last point essentially about people and thinking um so in trying to drive things forwards is it as should there be a weighting factor between um, investment decisions, if you like in in say technology versus people, or should it be a holistic thing of you know of of, of the whole thing together? Or should you essentially be saying, Do you know what, I'm just going to focus on my people because everything else will follow, you know, as as, as a result of that. What, what what's your view?
1: It's a really hard question. Um, you can't take your eyes off the day job. And if I was to be self-critical, I'd say at times I've tended to look too much at building and looking for the future rather than just doing what had to be done today. Um, and so you've you've got to make sure that the business is running as well as it possibly can to be successful in the short term Um, but at the same time in looking beyond that um, I think you do have to have some discipline once you've gone through you know I've talked a lot about you could describe it as blue sky thinking or whatever else uh, what David Kahneman would describe as system two thinking but system two thinking is hard this is not easy it's not instinctive you can't do, oh, we'll do this this and this and that will happen you've got to sit down and extrapolate and think and talk to other people uh, and literally you know, sit down and read stuff and it's hard um, but once you've done that and you've got a hypothesis let's put it that way Got an idea Think this is something we should look into then you need to start bringing some preliminary disciplines to it so it does need to have some structure and we talked very early on about you know funneling of thinking you have to go to a process from okay we've got this thing up here all very ethereal and people say oh what are you think about that is a waste of time um but, okay well the what is hard but now we've got the what let's pull it down to now how do we do this and how do we prioritize and that needs discipline you do need to start bringing in some rigor to the thinking. So you can't just say, well, let's go and build a brand new operating system because we we wouldn't be great to have a, a brand new operating system. Yes, it would. Um, let's go and build it. it ain't that easy. So, um, and then it's thinking through what parameters in the business context in which we operate. So it depends on your business. What's the, what's instinctively feels like where the, quickest wins could be or the lowest risk could be, but also where the biggest prize should be. So I used the example of Kodak earlier on. In their case, they didn't, they clearly didn't have the right criteria about what they didn't have enough paranoia about the film business, and they didn't know how to weight the decision around the digital business, the digital camera business. Um, Fuji did. So Fuji still exists. It's a moral camera manufacturer is a film man- manufacturer. So you've got to have some rigour and discipline. And the more down the pipe of development you go, the more rigour and discipline you have to have. So you'll know as a professional project manager that projects need to have very tight uh, criteria built around them, strong discipline around the time management, expenditure management, et cetera. So yeah, you have contingency and all the rest of it. But, but once you've got to the delivery point, it needs lots of structure. But I would argue that even as you're going further up the chain, because you have to prioritise. You know, you've got limited resources and limited time uh, in every single business context, as in your own life context. You know, none of us have infinite money uh, and none of us certainly have infinite time. So you do have to start saying what criteria do you wish to apply? And you know, whether you use a balanced scorecard approach or some form of sort of notional project management, even when things are sort of from ethereal to let's start bottoming this out a little bit. When you start bottoming it out, you have to have some criteria.
0: Yeah. otherwise there's no bottom <laughs> i um uh, i mean I, i've learned a lot from 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 working over, over the years and um you know, something that hopefully is useful to, to to some people out there but a, a lot of uh, to me there is quite a lot i mean I'm, I'm not i'm not um notwithstanding everything you've just said about you know about you've got to have the idea and and, and start to shape it a little bit it, a, absolutely of course you have otherwise nothing nothing starts and you know in, in, in the first place um There's there's an awful lot of people who who talk about when you're delivering something in my world, um, okay, well, what we need to do is this. And I keep saying to them, how are you going to do it? You know, how? How are you going to find those customers? How are you going to, you know, identify that process improvement? So, Mark, this is a really
1: important point. So, one of the things in... when you're strategizing and we talked in the earlier piece around having a vision or that kind of thing, the reason you lose people is they don't understand how mm-hmm. most people in my experience in the organization, they say, you tell me what you want me to do and then I'll do it. What the actually mean is you tell me what you want me to do and how you want me to do it. And if you don't tell them the how, or you don't listen to them as to how the, how the, how could be done better. You lose them. Yeah. Um, so there's a, there's a very interesting story about the elephant and the rider, which I shan't go into today, but if anyone just types in elephant and rider, you'll see- um... I'm going over here now. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, well, exactly, that's the point, is the rider, the person sitting, the mahout sitting on top of the elephant, will have a very clear idea of where they want to go, and they can tell the elephant that's where we want to go, and they can hit it with a little stick to make it move in that general direction. And that is the logical brain, that is your senior leader, and they may be absolutely correct, but if the elephant wants to go a different direction because it isn't convinced, it's going to go a different direction. And that's the story of the elephant and the rider. There's a very interesting uh, book around project management and, and more importantly, senior leadership on that particular story. So um, the how has to be worked out, because if people don't believe it's deliverable, yeah. they will they will down, they down tools. They'll just grind the wheels. Because they'll think, well, there'll be somebody else along in a minute. You know, he'll get fired and, I'll, and, and we'll have a new CEO who understands. Because they say they, me, they don't understand.
0: Yeah, yeah. There was, well, there was, there was definitely one or two people in the, in the, uh, in the business that we um, both worked in um, that were, were in the land of. Yeah. You'll
1: get some people who don't want to. Some, some people don't, don't actually don't want you to succeed. And finding them and getting them out is really is is, is important. But if you know, you're always going to get some people who just resist or or don't do their piece. As long as they're a very small number and not in positions of danger, you're okay because I, 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 the vast majority will go with you.
0: I was going to say my take on that, Simon. Is it's often it's actually people don't knowingly know that they resist. Because um, I you know, I, I generally you know, I'm a quite a, quite a sort of believer in people in in general in business. I don't I don't think people go into work to do a bad job. I think they go into work to do a good job Yeah, yeah. You know, 99 times out of 100 and and for me there's a lot about the uh the, the not that phrase. they don't knowingly resist but but they are um, yes because they're not bought in they haven't understood where they fit in the chain what, what it means but for also, them so
1: we 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 shouldn't presume that everyone has work as the central feature of their life it might take a lot of the time
0: yeah
1: um and you know i, I recognize and respect the fact that most people just want to come in do a decent job, get paid fairly. Um, if they're working in with some nice people in a decent environment, that's enough for them. Yeah. And you need those people because if everybody was thrusting and determined to make progress, it'd be bloody chaos. Uh, um, and that happens in many partnerships, you know. That's, uh, but um, fundamentally, I agree with you. I think most people just want to, you know, they come in, they want to do a decent job, they want to be recognised when they're doing a decent job. They want to be treated fairly. Um, And, you know, if at the end of all that they can say, I was there when we did this, a success happened or we won that, whatever else. And, you know, this is where the power of things like uh, little competitions, you know, one of the things that I learned um, in the place where you and I worked was how supervisors were managing teams of people in a call centre. Now, most people will stand back and say, oh, call centres, it's a thousand people, like battery chickens, all doing this and that. And, the other. and you think, oh, that must be awful. But when you see it being done properly on the ground with really engaging and engaged line supervisors, it's fantastic. And the people working there were very happy. Yeah. If you look in a small team. They are all related to each other and they a little bit of into team rivalry. But the power was the line supervisor. So... The CEO of a large group up here will have no idea what the line supervisor is doing. But I recognize that that person was the most important person in that organization because they were the ones who were influencing how the customer service representatives talked to the customer. How valuable is that? Now you can't pay all those people zillions because you know the line, their, their, their accountabilities, the range of their responsibilities doesn't justify that level of payment, I might argue, you know, goes against what you just said. But recognizing the value of that individual contribution and the individual customer service representative. It's really important for senior leaders to recognize so that those people feel what they're doing is valued. And they'll come in every day and they'll do their job. They're not saying, I want to, you know, they don't want to do what I'm doing or was yeah. to do. They don't want to be sitting in you know, endless meetings talking about strategy and doing budgets and targets and project management things. Like that. So, I just want to come in and do a decent job. Yeah. Brilliant. That's just what you need them to do. And more people, most as long as you get all those people, as many of those people as you can, doing their job, the how really, really well, that gives you the platform to think right now. Where would we go next?
0: So, that, so, that's but one question, um, and feel free to uh, to use something we've already talked about, because there's been a hell of a lot of advice that you've you've given out here, which is which is brilliant. What what advice would you give um, either you young yourself or those maybe you know near the starting out end of their of their career? Uh, or maybe even just thinking about changing their, their career what what sort of um, tips might you pass on to them that you know now
1: yeah okay well this uh, one this one will sound slightly flip but it's not meant to be um always be a
0: middleman oh hello <laughs> you know you're gonna have to explain that
1: all right so this is this is not if you're in, in, in when you're starting a career one of the things that you know you look at our industry We just take a very small sliver of money out of people's portfolios or every little transaction, right? So the beauty of being a middleman is you're taking a very, very small amount of money out of the the value chain, but you add that up and it can be phenomenally profitable and successful. Um, So if you think about any industry, there are always people who are doing providing a connection or a network service or something that, you know, what does Facebook do? It's just, a, it's a middleman. It's yeah. just a middleman. Right. So uh, it's, just, it's the equivalent in, in the digital age of striking oil in the, in the late 19, late 1900s. Uh, so that's, it, it sounds slightly flipped. I mean, it seriously, it's a good thing to be. Um, the second thing, if I was giving careers advice, I would sadly come back to, um, Spend the time to know your stuff. You know, be be smart. Um, Secondly, work hard, and thirdly, care about the people you work with, care about the company's success, care about your customers. And not in that order. You know. Uh, we go through these phases, you know, over a four year career, you're going to get phases and then it's this and then it's this. You know, now we're going into, quite rightly, a whole phase around environmental issues. Um, but if you look after people, customers, colleagues, suppliers, by and large, they look after you. You know, they, People don't want to do the dirty on you most of the time. Yeah. particularly not in, not in conventional business. There are people out there who want to do dirty things, but that's a different thing altogether. They're malintense. They're mal if you've got people who, who share your strategic intent, which is to be successful and happy um, in a in a fairly conventional way, look after those people and they will help you when you need to be helped and vice versa.
0: Do you know i'll ask you the last question now but it's a, it's a shame um unfortunately getting that as you know hasn't hasn't been able to 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 make this particular session but he would have he would have loved listening to to all of this stuff that you're that you're you're imparting here um well so, I, i'm
1: just going to give you a little example mark so you know i in my career i've been made redundant thanks three times uh, and each time you know I, I worked out how to cope with the circumstances um and you know I had to get myself re-employed, but I remember the people who reached out to me uh, when it was announced, or they became known, and just sent a little note of sympathy, or not that I was looking for sympathy. No, they just they they showed that they were they yeah. cared. Yeah, right. That matters. I remember not every single one, of them, but I remember those moments and thinking, I'm not on my own. I haven't been uh, fired. I'm not useless no one not no one cares you know you see some of the things that i mean it's not a suicidal moment for someone like me but the, the reasons why people get into that frame of mind um and so whenever i see someone going into one of those dark phases or someone's relatives are ill or something else like that i make a point of just showing them that i've noticed
0: yeah it's about that i and that i care enough to have noticed i, I was just going to say it's um I like to think in, in business and in, uh, you know, in, in sort of the personal life that, that, that I always try to go more than halfway, um, you know, with, you know, with, with that relationship. And then I guess another way of, of, of saying it is, you know, I, 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 I like to think I pay things forward, you know, I <laughs> do things in, in advance and it, and it's, um, you know, it's, yeah, I, I I'm lucky I get motivated by doing that. So I'm, I, you know, yeah. I try, try to do it, but it does, and I always say, actually, this is about you, not about me. But I always say about, about me that I'm not, I'm not dreadfully, not dreadfully externally references, reference. So I don't, never really worry too much about what other people think. But even me, when somebody says to me, you know, thanks, or appreciate that, or you've done a good job, whatever, I'll go, oh, yeah, that means something. And then there's, there's something in this caring, caring world, uh, word, and, and, and behavior. Uh, you know associate with that, that absolutely so um last question intended to be a bit of a fun one um tell me a fun fact about yourself that that maybe um not too many people or nobody else knows well i got it so, yeah that's a, that's a good question <laughs>
1: uh well, i've never run through a field of wheat if that matters um well not knowingly anyway um Fun fact. Well, I'd like to think there are so many. Uh, And there's lots of things I've done which... uh, uh, So one is I'm very glad there wasn't CCTV around when I was in my early days in the city um, because uh, there were many, many, many moments when I was probably uh, not fit for public consumption, should you put it that way? (laughs) Um, I'll I'll, I'll relate... um, the outskirts of a story related to that. So uh, I was taken home uh, by the police from Whitehall uh, for my own protection, um, following a fancy dress party. It was four o'clock in the morning, uh, and I was a little worse for wear, and I'll leave it at that. You'll have to, you know, one day I'll tell you what I was wearing and why the police (laughs) thought it was not appropriate for me to be where I was at that time of night and should be taken home to uh, my little flat in Fulham. There was no, I was not arrested or anything. They just said, "Uh, I think we probably might take you
0: home now, hadn't we, sir? And I was like, all right. (laughs) So uh, there's there's only one thing I can do now, Simon. I can say that was Simon Ellis, advisor to the best businesses out there. Um, but no genuinely Simon thank you very much that was, that was really really good really enjoyed speaking with you um, yeah, this morning and I, and I hope you enjoyed it too
1: I did Mark and it's, it's lovely to see you again and I uh, wish you success with, uh, with what you're working on at the moment and uh, to your colleague Gethin as well I hope that uh, the work he's doing with these podcasts and, and for LinkedIn etc and for this and for the audience you know, thank you very much I hope I've said a couple of things that will be of useful to pe- use to people and if not that at least you've been entertained somehow or other
0: You've definitely done both those things, Simon. Thank you very much. Thank you.